Welcome back, everyone. I'm Tony Brown, and you're listening to Firearms Cafe, the show where we discuss the philosophies of responsible firearms ownership, as well as the relevant issues and challenges that we face in the current gun culture. Hey, everybody. What is going on? Today is Monday. It's the 9th of July, 2018. Hope everybody had a good 4th of July. We took a little trip up north to get out of the heat. For those of you guys that don't know, I do live in Arizona and it is hot, hot, hot out here in the Phoenix area. However, you can go up north and escape the heat. Uh, it's not like it's uh, chilly or anything up there, but it is very pleasant when you're in 80 degree weather as compared to 112 degree weather. So anyway, let's go ahead and get our contact info posted and then we'll jump in with the first segment of the show. If you'd like to contact me, I do have a few ways that you can do that. There is the voicemail, which is area code 206-745-2731. There is the email address, which is protonmail. Well, no, it's not. Which is firearmscafe at protonmail.com. There we go. That's how it is. Firearmscafe at protonmail.com. And there you can either record your own audio, give me links to articles that you would like to share with the rest of the audience, or you can write me an old-fashioned email, and I'll be more than happy to read that out for you on the show. If you go over to the website, which is firearmscafe.com, I have buttons for Facebook and Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. If you would like to support the show financially, I do have a PayPal donation button there as well, and anything that you would send will be greatly appreciated. I think that is about it for the housekeeping. And uh, kind of like I had mentioned earlier, it's the summertime and we're doing some trips. And I had spoke uh, kind of about this a few shows back that the show schedule may be off a little bit. This year I was really wanting to try and get something out at least once a week, uh, that type of thing, so that uh, I don't kind of have these long hiatuses sometimes like I get. So hopefully this week my daughter is going to uh, one of these like summer camp things where it's you're there part of the day and uh, hopefully I'll be able to get some segments for you guys either after I drop her off or as I'm going out to pick her up like like I'm doing today or right now I should say rather and hopefully I'll be able to put some stuff together we'll be able to uh, have a show coming up this week. So I'll I'll maybe be able to make up for some lost time here. I also may, as a a little bit of an aside, I also may do another of the Armed Ape stuff. Sid and I had been able to do one, but uh, he and I haven't really touched base again as far as schedules, this, that, and the other thing. Uh, But anyway, uh, I don't want to talk too much about my other show on this show. So, it looks like, as of, again, today's date, which is the 9th of July, 2018, Trump had made the announcement that he was, around 9 o'clock Eastern Time, going to say, well, these are my nominations, or these are the people that I am considering for uh, Supreme Court Justice. And I haven't paid a whole lot of attention. I saw one thing on Fox News with uh, Judge Napolitano, who I actually like. I don't really have too much use for Fox News, but I do 
like him. I thought his show on Fox was one of the better ones. Well, at the time, it was probably one of the only ones that I thought was worth watching with my political views and this, that, and the other thing. But anyway, he had said that basically there was around four people that he had kind of heard through the grapevine might be nominations. But he was saying, of course, you know, all this could change. We never know with Trump, blah, blah, blah. And what he was saying was that there were basically two out of the four. There were two that would be to the Republicans kind of unpalatable as far as nominees. Uh, And there were two that would probably be pretty good. And the two that he was saying would be maybe unpalatable to the Republicans would be because of their stance on abortion, which is, I guess they are anti-abortion or pro-life, however you want to say it. Um, the other two that he talked about that he thought would be more palatable to, and I know I won't say palatable much more, much more times to the Republicans, that the Republicans would be like, okay, he was saying that in his opinion, those guys were ones that had sort of demonstrated that they were more pro gun. They were pro second amendment. When I heard that, I was like, my little ears perked up, bing, bing. And I thought, ooh, well, that's good. Uh, the other two, I don't know, again, if uh, how pro-gun they were. He didn't really speak on that. And like I said, I don't have a whole lot of information. We'll kind of just have to wait and see. However, if he replaces somebody who are kind of centrist but more right-leaning, I guess that would be sort of... I don't know. It would kind of keep up the status quo, I guess. Eh, I don't know. Hard to say. Anyway, the main thing what we need is we need people in there that, and this is a little bit of a Napolitano quote, that respect the supremacy of the individual, meaning that they will come down on the rights of the individual over the rights of the state or over the rights of groupthink, which is how we're supposed to be in this country anyway. We're supposed to protect individual rights. By protecting individual rights, everybody's rights gets uh, gets protected. So, other than that, I don't, like I said, well, it, it's hard to comment on it too much. Tomorrow I may have a little bit more information on who they are, and then I can kind of look those people up, see what's going to happen with those. And I wonder if he'll do the thing where maybe he'll float out a couple of people that he doesn't really care for at first because he knows that the Democrats are going to fight him. And then he'll throw in maybe somebody that he really wants to get in. I don't know. I, would, I wouldn't I would mind, and it seems like from what I can tell from Gorsuch, that he would be the type of person we would want, especially if it came to any gun legislation uh, that would be going up through the Supreme Court. Uh, so... Again, though, we'll have to see. Also, do you? Go, I haven't done a whole lot of research again on Gorsuch from uh, other than the stuff that I was doing before. I liked what I saw. Uh, again, I probably wouldn't agree with him on every single issue or on every single thing, but I think that he would definitely be me. Excuse me, be more of a pro-gun guy, which is one of the things that I see sort of as a litmus test or litmus. Is that it? Did I say it right? I don't know. Probably not. Anyway, that is one of the things that I see as a test on, well, if this person is, is 
cool with me owning firearms as a as a regular citizen he's probably going to be pretty good on me being able to have some other freedoms as well so for this segment I think we're going to draw this to a little bit of a close. I know it's a little bit of a shorter one, but like I said, I plan on doing maybe two or three in the uh, in the course of the week here. I am, it's funny, I am by a, I'm a little distracted. There is a, gi- a gigantic truck that has a bunch of hay on it, and the hay is just coming off and just pelting everybody, uh, myself included. But uh, actually, he's pulled up a little bit, but I'm still getting whacked with the hay. Anyway, I will draw this segment to a close, and I'll talk to you guys here in just a couple more seconds. All right, I am back. It's a little bit later in the day, and when I left off, we were talking a little bit about the Supreme Court nomination, who that's going to be. It's not 9 o'clock yet, so I don't know who that is going to be. But let's talk about maybe some of the shortlist people and who we think it might be. If we look at the four people that I've heard about or have been made aware of, I guess is probably the better way to say it, you have four men and one woman who are on the short list. So let's go over the individual people. We'll do kind of a brief synopsis of them, and then we'll kind of move forward from there. So we'll take the youngest first, and I believe she's 43 years old. Her name is... Amy Barrett, I think. I'm going off of memory here. Of all of the potential nominees on this shortlist, she is the one that's probably the most unknown as far as you know what we'll say, doing opinions or rulings on what we would consider maybe big ticket items. And she is also supposed to be super pro-life, which means that some of the pro-choice Democrats, or maybe most of them, are going to have a problem with her on that. And also some of the Republicans may have a problem with her just because she doesn't, again, have a whole lot of experience coming down with opinions and uh, rulings and things like that. But we shall see. If we look at another guy kind of along the same vein, uh, he's in his early 50s. His name is Brett Kavanaugh. He is also a... A Bush era holdover, I guess. So some of the Democrats may not like him. He also has um, very similar anti-abortion or pro-life views as uh, Barrett does. So again, the the Democrats may not like that. With the Republicans, there was the Vince Foster investigation in which he was a I think he was the lead prosecutor and some of the Republicans the old older school Republican guys are gonna say ah this guy didn't do anything he covered stuff up and so we're, we're gonna have a problem confirming him also some of the other people that maybe had a problem with Bush may not want him in there uh, who knows if we look at um, Thomas Hardiman the good stuff about him, again, he's in his early 50s, like 51 or 52, something like that. He is supposed to be pretty good on Second Amendment stuff. Oh, and another thing with uh, 
Kavanaugh, he's also supposed to be, and I say supposed to because we don't really know until they really get in there. Um, he's supposed to be pretty pro-Second Amendment. I think that he... I can't remember if it was him or the other guy, uh, Kethledge. But anyway, one of them had written a thing about uh, AR-15s or semi-automatic rifles. You, you, you can't ban them, that type of thing. Had an opinion on that. And I don't... I don't think it was Kethledge. It may have been... It may have been Kavanaugh. That may have been another kind of mark in his favor, which would be a... If we go back to Kavanaugh, uh, from the Democrats' point of view, it may be a check in the no column for them. So anyway, with Hardiman supposed to be relatively pro-Second Amendment guy, going to be probably uh, relatively conservative, although there... Some people have said that he tends to be a little bit more centrist. So, eh, you know, again, if he does get the nomination, we'll see. And again, that is Thomas Hardiman. The last guy is the person who I think I would like to see nominated. And that's a guy by the name of Raymond Kethledge. Again, early 50s. So if he, out of any of these people, if we look at it that way, they would be there for a relatively long time. And I think they would be all, well, I can't say all because I don't know with with uh, Barrett how she's going to fall on guns. But I believe with Kethledge, what I've heard reported about him is that he would be very similar to Gorsuch. And supposedly Gorsuch is going to be good for us on guns. So if we got any of those three of the men that get nominated then I think we're pretty good as far as having somebody that's in there that's going to be an ally on Second Amendment issues or gun rights issues. The reason that I would like to see Kethledge maybe get the uh, nomination, and, well, I'll talk about that here in a second. Um... Kethledge is one of the guys that I think is more, uh, I hesitate to say libertarian in views, but maybe he's more the rights of the uh, individual person aren't to be trampled on. And so if you have uh, a justice who believes in the Constitution and believes in the Bill of Rights and says, well, those things are there to protect the individual and not to protect people as a whole, meaning that, well, it's okay if some people don't have this right, but generally most people do. I'm cool with that. And what the Bill of Rights and the Constitution are set up to do is protect the individual. And unfortunately, we've gone a long way from that. So anyway, Okay, having said all that, let's talk a little bit about the nomination process. And like I said, I would like Kethledge maybe to get it from my standpoint, at least from what I know now. I could be wrong on this stuff, but I wouldn't mind if somebody else was nominated before him because generally it seems that the first person that gets kind of thrown up there doesn't, there's kind of a fight, maybe they get struck down. So 
even if they nominate one of the other three, it may mean that long term I would get somebody that I want. Who do I think would go up there? Uh, maybe Hardiman, maybe Barrett, just because he can say, well, I nominated a woman, that type of thing. You know, he'll play the, the, the gender card. Um, so, you know, who knows? But realistically, of the three men, I don't think I have that big of a problem. And again, this is coming from purely looking through the lens of Second Amendment stuff. Uh, again, with with Barrett, I'd have to do some more research and try and find out, is she pro-gun? And when push comes to shove, is she going to be pro-gun? You know, that I don't know. I do have other concerns as far as, you know, when you look at any of these people... What do they, you know, where do they really stand on the war on drugs? Where do they stand on privacy issues? Are they going to rule in favor of governmental spying, governmental information gathering, that type of stuff? You know, and those battles can be fought at a later date. For me, one of the most important things is the right to keep and bear arms. Uh, that is a good litmus test or lit, yeah I think that's the way you say it in that if a person especially if someone who has that amount of power if they say hey I'm fine with the individual having firearms I'm fine with them having semi-automatic AR-15s I'm fine with them having standard capacity magazines or even extended capacity magazines then they're probably going to be fine with you on other issues where your actual freedoms and your actual liberties are concerned. If you have someone that has more of a gun control mindset on those on that on the uh, on those issues, then probably on other issues they're not going to be hesitant to expand governmental power, government reach into your lives, government regulation of what you can do, what you can think, what you can say, all that type of stuff. And people say, well, I don't think that'll really ever happen here. But let's look at other countries. And sometimes people will say, well, other countries aren't America. And I get that, and that's a valid point. But people are still people. And if it can happen in England, if it can happen in Germany, if it can happen in Venezuela, these certain things, then it can happen here. So again, as far as what I can tell... The only one I can't really form too big of an opinion on right now is Amy Barrett. Uh, just because I don't, there's not a whole lot of stuff out there. Some of the other guys that have been nominated, or I guess I, I shouldn't say nominated, they've in this short list or the short pool. Now, there could be other people that we're not aware of, but probably just because this information is out there. These are the four that he's really considering right now. Uh, whether whether or not his first choice will get confirmed, you know, who knows. Um, but again, going back to this idea of how far we've come from the Constitution and the Bill of Rights and how much we're having to fight for our basic civil liberties... It's, it, it's a sad state of affairs for us. And I think we're closer to being 
like England, where everything is regulated and you better not say the wrong thing or you're actually going to be fined or taken to court with possible imprisonment. I think we're actually closer to that than what we saw as our ideal. I mean, let's think about it. It shouldn't really be that important who is on the Supreme Court. It shouldn't be important who the president is. Because it should be a thing of, well, everybody that we have in our elected representative republic, our constitutional republic, is is bound by the Constitution. I think it was that Jefferson said that the the Constitution should uh, chain or, or bind the people that represent us, as a paraphrase, uh, so that they can't overreach and that the individual uh, can't be subjected to onus regulations and interference from the government. But unfortunately, we're at the point where it does matter who the president is. It does matter whether we have to fight the whims of executive orders. It matters who is in the Supreme Court, who sits on there, because we have a legislature and an executive branch that basically rules by decree. They just throw stuff out there. We have a huge, gigantic bureaucracy that has grown up over the years that they pretty much, their, their policy or their regulations become law. You know, if we, if we look at the ATF and some of the stuff that they do, it does, there, there is no, there, well, I was going to say there is no law. There is, there are certain laws but then they don't apply to specific things. A lot of times these agencies are left to interpret and then regulate, and those become de facto laws based on whatever whims or, regu- or, or interpretations, I should say, rather, that agencies like the ATF has. You know, they have too much power. But getting back to my point of the people that sit on the bench, the people that are in our government should be following the basic tenets of the Constitution and should be following the basic tenets of the Bill of Rights. And of course they're not. And again, that is why it is so important to get people on the bench and in the government that actually say, you know what, I think the Constitution is valid. I think it's a, uh, a, a document that has relevance today as much as it did when it was initially written. I think that the Bill of Rights are there to protect the the people and more importantly the individual. So we shall see a little bit later today who the nomination is and tomorrow maybe I can uh, talk about who it's going to be or or who who was actually selected and kind of what I think is going to happen there. Like I said, realistically if the first person who gets thrown up there is going to get shot down, I'd rather maybe have it not be Kethledge. Uh, but who knows? So, so because I want it to be not to be Kethledge, and because I want him in to be in there uh, ultimately long term, he would be my pick. He will probably get nominated tomorrow, and uh, then he'll be shot down. So anyway, um, we shall see who gets nominated. We shall see eventually who gets confirmed. I don't think out of, like, like I, I know I've repeated this before, but I, uh, on the thing today, I don't think of any of them that they are going to be rabidly anti-gun. 
So I think out of the four, and even with Barrett, I don't think he would put somebody up there who is super anti-gun. Uh, but again, we don't have a, a, a large track record. And even though she's, the other guys are maybe, you know, eight, nine, ten years older than her, I think they those ten years do make a difference because they've been in positions where they have had to rule on, you know, some of the big ticket items, like as we like to, or as I like to say, I was going to say as we like to say, but it's pretty much just me. All right, I am getting ready to arrive at my destination. So tomorrow we'll pick up with this and we'll see who was actually nominated. And then we will talk about a couple other things. So I'll talk to you guys here in a second or two. All right, guys, we are back. You've been time warped again. It's now Thursday, the, what is it, the 12th, I believe. So anyway, I think I've kind of wrapped up everything I've got to say about Supreme Court stuff, at least for this show. Uh, we'll have to kind of wait and see, you know, who's going to get confirmed. You know, is it going to be a long, drawn-out process? I probably think it will be. I wonder if what they're going to try and do is stall until after the midterm elections and see if if the numbers change, and then that way they can kind of block and do a bunch of other stuff. But we shall see. Um, you know, speaking of the, kind of the midterm election stuff, and then uh, they'll move on to something else here. But speaking of that, I uh, I had mentioned in a previous episode that I thought maybe the Democrats were kind of overplaying their hand. They are so entrenched in their hatred of all things Trump. And look, it's it's one thing if you don't like the guy, if you think he's a buffoon, if you... But to, to compare him to Hitler and to do all this other kind of nonsense... Uh, and look, the, the reality is people on the far right do the same thing when their team isn't up to bat. So... But I haven't seen... The, but the left seems to really take it a lot further. Uh, and uh, look, both sides have a lot of their identity tied up in politics, which is kind of ridiculous. But anyway, let's go back to probably what actually might have a, a real effect. And that is uh, with these midterm elections coming up, are we going to see a big turnover in the House? Are we going to see a big turnover in the uh, Senate? So, you know, I don't know. It's Normally, you would say, well, there's, there, if a Republican is in power or a Democrat's in power, that side usually loses some seats because they're seen as being responsible for stuff and blamed for stuff. So, in a normal kind of political thing, we would look and say, okay, well, Republicans are in power, there's a Republican president, so probably what's going to happen is a lot of people are going to be dissatisfied, and we're going to lose some majorities. Maybe we keep it in the Senate, uh, but we lose it in the House. And that's normally what you would think. Uh, I talked about before how there's, I think, 20-some-odd Republican guys that aren't going to be coming back that are saying we're getting out. Uh, now, that's what they said. Who knows whether that's that's going to fall out. I think it's a little late in the game for them to maybe change their minds. But but of those 20-some-odd seats, 
I don't know how many of those are going to be slam dunks to stay Republican. Uh, or will some of them change over to Democrat? Or maybe some of them will change over to uh, maybe even Libertarian or somebody who is more Libertarian in nature. I don't you know, I don't know. Again, I don't have a lot of skin in the game as far as loyalty to any of the parties, even to the, to the Libertarian Party. Uh, I've mentioned on numerous occasions that I don't like actual parties because, again, no matter what your political philosophy says, the, the actual organized party wants things to go a certain way and wants you to do things a certain way. And they want to tell people what to do. They have specific, it will be nice and say, visions for how they think that the party should be run. Uh, so anyway, I've ranted about that stuff ad nauseum, and I'm sure I'll rant about it again in the future. But let's talk about something that I came across that I thought was pretty interesting. And we'll sort of follow, I'll bring you along in my journey of the mind with this thing. Now, I'm sure I probably was aware that this thing existed, and that is an AK chambered in 5.56. Now, I knew that they were uh, plentiful. Excuse me. I knew that they were plentiful in what we would call the AK-74, which is chambered in 5.45. And you can get the ammo for that. It's relatively cheap. Uh, But it's the same thing with... 5.56 ammo. So the ammo was kind of a wash because if you want you can buy a lot of the steel stuff and if you're just out there having fun or doing a maybe doing a class or a competition where you're not really concerned with getting you know sub MOA bullshit stuff you know I I don't know. Anyway um, a lot of times I think that stuff is sort of overrated Uh, you know if if you want to do marksmanship competition then yeah that has a place if you're using it for a home defense rifle or a rifle that you you know for uh into the world apocalypse stuff you know you're again the the rifle even with that crummy ammo is going to be probably accurate enough out to 150 yards to 200 yards to hit a man-sized target so you know again a lot of this the stuff of well what if i've got to take a headshot at 200 yards to free the hostage well do you even have the skill set to do that in perfect conditions where there's really nothing at stake you know maybe you do i don't to be able to make a shot like that at 200 yards under under pressure to be able to put it on somebody's head when they may be moving around or maybe hiding anyway again we're kind of getting off down into the weeds let me let me steer it back to just sort of the concept of that thing so i thought well hey that's pretty cool maybe if you wanted to get uh, an ak you could get something like that And if you're an AR guy, you've already got tons of ammo, so that's not going to be a big deal for you. And then I thought, well, what magazines do they use? Are these proprietary magazines? Are they easy to get? 
and it turns out that if you're looking at something like the Arsenal 106, I think that's what it is. I don't know the rest of the designation. But the stuff that I kind of stumbled across was the Arsenal. And then it turns out, well, it's a little difficult to get those magazines. And, well, maybe I shouldn't say difficult because you can probably find them out there. I guess the reality is once you had maybe, if you wanted to have a lifetime supply of those magazines, if you got 10 to 15 of them, you've probably got a lifetime supply. And then what you could do is work on the internals if you wanted to do stuff. Because realistically, those magazines probably aren't just going to start shattering in and amongst themselves. Uh, I don't know, and I didn't go too deep down the rabbit hole, so I don't know if Magpul makes them or if there are other ones. But from the ones that I saw, it didn't seem like they do. Uh, But you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. And then I thought, well, okay, you could probably overcome that. But then I was thinking, well, what does this thing do that would be so much better than an AK chambered in 5.45? So again, the, the ammo is going to be kind of a wash. And then I thought, well, maybe does it do that much more is it that much better uh, and especially for what you would what your intended purpose was, was for is maybe it's for taking it to competitions and just having fun and again it's not anything that you're going to quote unquote stake your life on and I couldn't really have you know come up with too much and I know I said the ammo was the wash and I guess if you maybe wanted to shoot almost like boutique style ammo through it or your own hand loads through it Uh, maybe you could do that to get accuracy out of it but then I thought well is there enough sort of in the aftermarket or are these things made in such a way where they're kind of like bullseye shooters meaning do they have these match barrels in them is you know everything kind of for lack of a better term, maybe blueprinted where everything is hand-fitted and you've really made sure that everything is the best of the best and everything is free-floated and all this other stuff. And the answer to that is, well, from what I can tell, not really. Yeah, you may have a little bit better barrel than something else, but with the rise in popularity of the AKs, you can, you can get some of that stuff so even some of that stuff is a little bit more equalized. You can't really get like super match grade stuff, but they are making better barrels for them. There are products out there that are trying to improve the AK overall. You know, if you look again, I know I mentioned uh, Jim Fuller a lot at Rifle Dynamics and his crew, and they're always trying to do stuff to improve the AK while, while still having it be an AK variant meaning that they don't change it so much that it becomes something like a a hybrid. So it doesn't become something, it's, it still feels like an AK, all that other type of stuff. So it doesn't turn into a SIG 5.56R, it doesn't turn into 
know, a Robinson uh, XCRL or an XCRM, you know, that type of thing. So anyway, as I went through sort of my mental journey and I, as I watched a few videos here and there on stuff, I thought, well, it's kind of a cool concept, but for the price and for what you would have to do and for buying the magazines, I think there are other options that are out there that are better. I mean, unless you just wanted it. I don't know. If, if somebody has it, maybe they are sort of the, the be-all, end-all type thing. Maybe it is so much better than uh, an AK-74. I don't know. Uh, but again, if you wanted it because you've got tons of 5.56 ammo already, and you're like, yeah, I just want something that's kind of a little bit softer shooting, and I like the AK, and I'll still be able to get it, and you know, I'll buy five or six of the magazines at 45 to $50 a pop. Uh, and, you know, the reality is there are some handgun magazines that are that price. And if it's the, and if you're willing to pay the admission price to get the gun, you know, with that type of stuff, uh, it could be a lot of fun. All right, amigos, I think that I'm going to call it to a close. Let me know if you have some experience with it or even just you have your regular thoughts, you know, like, eh, you know, this is great or, eh, it's not so great or it's sort of a, a solution looking for a problem type thing. And again, I'm not really like hardcore criticizing it. I'm just saying I don't really think that that thing would be for me, but maybe it's for you. So let me know what you guys think on that. Let me give you the contact info here, and then we will sign off. Voicemail is area code 206-745-2731. And I'd also like to hear your opinions on Supreme Court justices, on the particular uh, nominees that we have. So with uh, Kavanaugh, Barrett, Ketledge, and Hardigan. I think I got all those names right. Let me know what you think of those guys as far as pluses and minuses. I'd be really interested to hear that stuff. Uh, so the place to send either an email or the audio recording is firearmscafe at protonmail.com. All one word, firearmscafe at protonmail.com. As always, if you would like to support the show financially over on the website, which is firearmscafe.com, I do have a button for donations over there. And you can also check out stuff on Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and Instagram. All right. I will talk to you guys next time.